Associated Bodywork and Massage Professionals, ABMP, is proud to sponsor the interdisciplinary podcast from HealWell. Massage therapists and body workers who choose ABMP membership get much more than comprehensive liability insurance to protect from lawsuits, including our members-only pocket pathology and five-minute muscles apps. Putting muscle-specific technique videos and helpful information at your fingertips, 5-Minute Muscles has been updated with more than 80 cadaver dissection videos from Dr. Joe Muscolino to provide an even more in-depth understanding. Join ABMP to see for yourself why our members expect more and get more from their association. Hello, friends. Welcome to Interdisciplinary, the podcast where we say the quiet things loud, explore difficult ideas in between spaces, ask many questions, and have few, if any, answers. This week, I'm talking to Ruth Werner about biases and the process of changing your mind. Ruth and I live on opposite sides of the country, but on Wednesdays, we spend a couple of hours in a Zoom call hosted by the HeoWell community. It's currently called Working Hard or Hardly Working, although I change the name every six months or so in hopes of sparking interest. We had an interesting conversation and decided to share it with all of you. But first, our announcements for the week. On October 14th, which is this coming Saturday, we have our symposium Ending Inequities in End-of-Life Care. Our symposia always feature people who are involved in their communities doing the work and aim to provide you with actionable insights. Other live classes this fall include Hospital-Based Massage Therapy in Washington, D.C., October 30th through November 4th, Hospital-Based Hospital-Based Massage Therapy in Washington, D.C., October 30th through November 4th. Scar Glass in Santa Monica, California with Kathy Ryan, November 4th and 5th. And we have a live... And we have a live online class called Unlearning Whiteness with Ann Kellerman and Cal Cates. This class meets for two hours every Tuesday starting at 4 p.m. and it will run from February 6th to March 26th, which is eight weeks. This week, we're also continuing to ask you to leave a public review on Apple Podcast. Please tell us something on the show that surprised you or stuck with you. Just click on the link in our show notes, scroll down, select a five-star rating, and tap Write a Review. Writing reviews is a free way to support the show and help other listeners find us. You can always contact us at podcast at heowell.org. Drop us a line. Tell us about you. Tell us what you're up to for October, November, December, perhaps next year what conversations you'd like to hear or people you think we should talk to. As always, thank you for listening. So Ruth. Yes, Corey. Why did the 20 go to a spa? Ooh, that seems relevant. Why did the 20 go Mm -hmm. to a spa? I don't know, Corey. Can you tell me? Because it was two tens. (sighs) Yeah, it's good. It's good, right? Yes. That's, super, that's an super on topic. <laughs> a little bit on topic anyway. Yeah. Topic. Spas. Spas. So listeners, uh, Ruth and I are here today because we hang out on Wednesdays on the interwebs. Um, the community has this uh, fun time that you might want to jump in and join in the middle of the day. For me, 
on Eastern time and sort of in the morning for Ruth on Pacific time. Uh, we have two hours of uh, connected work time where you can do all the things, usually the things you don't want to do. We do two Pomodoros. We have a dance break. We do two more Pomodoros. And that's that's the stated purpose of the meeting. But Ruth and I tend to have chats. <laughs> we do. We have, we have often deep chats but then mm -hmm. we have the pomodoro time where which i find to be among the most productive time of my week so i have a cute little tomato timer everybody can see it check in every 25 minutes to see how everybody's doing and if anybody strayed off track which often happens and that's okay no um, i know right who knew <laughs> um and yesterday and then we come back and talk about wrestling and then we come back and talk about wrestling, which uh, listeners, if you didn't know, I'm really into professional wrestling. And now, you know, um, so yesterday we, uh, Ruth is working on an article. Ruth, do you want to, do you want to tell us about your article? I was, it was, a, it was a podcast, a podcast, excuse me. Yes. So I have a podcast called, I have a client who pathology conversations with Ruth Werner. Uh, and that goes out through abmp.com slash podcasts. And I was working on one yesterday where a person had sent in a question about massage therapy in the context of people receiving IV infusions. And it was not in a hospital setting. It was a medical spa. And I thought that was an interesting question. So um, do you want me to sort of go through that thought process, Corey, or do you want to stop there and you can pick it uh up? So I, I'd like to note that uh, Ruth told me about this, and then she said, and I have some biases. And I thought, well, that's what we do on interdisciplinary. So <laughs> this should be a great conversation. Yeah, so my, my you know, so, so this is a, a medical spa. And I should preface this by saying that there are two MDs on staff and a doctor mm -hmm. of nurse practitioners and um, several highly trained nursing staff and a massage therapist and uh they have the sort of the medical side of the practice and they have a spa side of the practice that they're trying to build out and one of the things they offer are these iv infusions of things and the question was would it be safe and appropriate to you know with an iv infusion session which goes 30 to 40 minutes would it be appropriate to add massage to that or are there risks that they're not thinking about like like I'm supposed to know right so <laughs> um and so I you know took the time to look into what these infusions are all about and they mm -hmm. really you know from the beginning I thought you don't you, you know you, you you don't infuse things into your body for fun or beauty right it just did not uh, uh, to me reading the the menus of what was available which was you know there's an infusion for immune support okay cool especially if you're someone who struggles in cold and flu season and there's an infusion for um mental focus and mm, okay there are other ways to achieve such things but okay and there's an infusion for improving your skin and hair and, you know, and another one about, um, and probably a lot of our listeners are familiar with this. There's an infusion to help undo the effects of hangover. And um, as, as I read down this list, my whole response was you don't break the skin to do these things, right? This is not, 
this doesn't seem like an appropriate use of medical facilities. And I just really, uh, you know, and so I, I'm always interested when I recognize that I have biases Mm -hmm. and, um, was, was perfectly happy in my podcast to say, I have some thoughts about that. I have some strong feelings about this because I think, you know, if, if, if you eat a balanced, healthy, varied diet, you probably don't need to infuse a whole bunch of vitamins. That said, there are situations where people just don't absorb food very well, or they really struggle to eat in a way that is healthy for them or whatever. And so it's great to have, you know, an alternative, but it doesn't seem to me like this is a substitute for healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And you know, I will stand by that. <laughs> um, so, you know, so that's where I started from was, was I, I've done this bit of background reading. I've read the menus. I've read the rationales behind these Medispa practices. Um, and now I'm supposed to figure out whether massage along with these uh, sessions, these appointments, you know, is or isn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then, so we we separated. We went our separate ways to do our Pomodoro timers, and um, we came back briefly once for a check in, and we came back again. And Ruth said to me, "I have changed my mind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and had. I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still stand by the the point of view that we don't use infusions to replace healthy habits Mm -hmm. but as as i read further and i looked for risks versus benefits and i looked for side effects um, it seems to me from what is available that outside of chelation which is a, a sort of a different topic and in and in the podcast i said let's let's not talk about that one in this context because it's really a different thing <clears throat> so but aside from from chelation the 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 risks were around irritation at the um injection site or um in you know a, a swollen blood vessels or blood clots or things like that that don't happen if you have a professionally trained person who's administering the treatment and that's why I really like the setting of this and that there is medical staff on site while this is happening. And that distinguishes this from the sort of pop-up businesses that you might see at a mall or at an airport where, you know, who knows who is sticking a needle in you and, and, and putting in who knows what, right. Um, So it's done in, in safe circumstances and the the risks are you know what so beyond beyond possible injury site at the at the infusion site at the injection site there really aren't substantial risks um and the, the possible except for people paying money and you know the prices were not listed so that makes me think this is probably pretty expensive yeah. I think we right. uh, decided that if you if you need to know the price, you probably can't afford you it. Probably can't afford it. Yeah. Um. And you know that may be wrong. I didn't go into the patient portal part of this. Mm-hmm. But you know, so the the a main risk is spending money on something that that may not be as effective as you think it is. And to me, that's a caveat emptor kind of a thing. 
right? It, you, you, um, and, and if you come out of your infusion and you feel like a million bucks and you feel like you have a bunch of energy or really great focus or better resilience, or you can go and, you know, do the things you've been wanting to do, who am I to argue with that? Um, and so I, I sort of came around to this as a low risk intervention that seems a little extra, mm -hmm. but you know, there's a lot of things we do that are a little extra. And, and ultimately how is getting an infusion of immune support vitamins different from taking a massive handful of vitamins or different from getting a B12 injection, which I do. Right. Which, and I've done that too, and really, really liked it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and, and so when I, when I pushed up against my bias to, to see what's really, why, why do I really object to this? To me, it's, it's, you know, I'm conservative about breaking the skin. We don't do that really unless it's necessary. Sure. Right. But under the right circumstances, I can see making, making an argument for this. And, you know, when we add some lovely foot and scalp massage to your 30 minute session of getting infused, infused. Experience that maybe you need, um, why, why would that be a bad thing? So I came around and, and ultimately said, if a facility like this were in my area, I would probably go try it just to see, just to see what it's like. We also sort of explored this idea of what is healthcare and is this, is this healthcare? Um, and maybe it's not a traditional view. So there's kind of a couple things that go into healthcare, right? And the more as sort of a country, we explored the idea of healthcare meaning lots of things instead of just body, physical related things. Um, I was sort of playing with the idea of like, what if your job is a real estate agent? And as a real estate agent, looks are a very, very important part of the job, which is not something I approve of, but it is, it's just the way society is built, right? It it's is just, a reality. It is a reality, <laughs> whether I like it or not. So if my job depends on how shiny my hair looks, and it kind of does for that particular profession, then getting an infusion to make my hair shiny, even if it doesn't necessarily do it, it probably works as a really great placebo to make me feel like it does. And that confidence is also going to be really important in selling real estate. So while it may not be healthcare in a traditional sense, it's kind of mental health care, if you think about it that way. I, I kind of settled on a um on a little bit of wordplay. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try and reconstruct because I went, oh, that's good. But it was it was about crossing the bridge between healthcare for illness and self-care for wellness. Mm -hmm. Right. And and the thing that attracts me about that is that that's what massage is all about. Right. Right. You can't it welcome to touch is good for you, and also it feels like a treat. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we cannot separate, call it relaxation, or sometimes I use the term recreational massage um, from something that improves health, because that's what we do. That's what happens when people receive welcomed touch, mm -hmm. <clears throat> unless, you know, that welcomed touch is uh, uh, ill-advised and stupid and not paying attention. Okay. But welcomed 
informed, educated touch is good for you. And it feels like an indulgence, right? It is also pleasurable. I'm not saying getting an IV infusion in itself is pleasurable, but if it leaves you feeling better, we don't get to say, oh no, that didn't really happen. Um, and I get very, very frustrated when I see people uh, poo-poo the placebo effect. I'm a big fan of the placebo I'm effect. I'm also a big fan. And as long as the recipient, the person who's on the receiving end of this knows, this may make you feel really better. This may not do much for you at all. Mm -hmm. um, or do you still want to go ahead with it? And <laughs> to be able to make an informed decision like that seems like, you know, it's their money. And uh, if it if it if if the risks are low and managed because this is a medical facility and there's staff on site, and if the benefits are basically determined by the attitude of the person who's receiving it, mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. I you brought up a word I wanted to talk about too, which is recreational, which <laughs> uh, Ruth brought that up yesterday, and I had so many thoughts at once about it. Um, <laughs> And I usually think of the term recreational in relation to marijuana um, because I live in Michigan and it's totally legal. And in fact, we have a surplus. Uh, so there's a, a lot of recreational type stores um, around where I live. And I live in Oregon, just to say we were there way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, you certainly were. <laughs> you sure were. Um, so the, like this idea of a substance, which in, the IV cases in a bag and in the cannabis ways and, you know, any number of things. Um, improving your life for a reason that you choose and deeming it recreational, which is something I think of as like amusement parks. Not that I really think amusement parks are that fun anymore because I get very tired, but that's sort of like, you know, there's this like You do it for fun. You do it for a treat. Happens. Yeah. You do it for a treat. It's like the massage you get when you're on vacation. If I got massages when I went on vacation, yes, absolutely. Right, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So much of our work is determined by the setting, right? So much of how people take in our work right. is determined by the setting. And if the setting is your weekend getaway, that's a little different from the setting that's in the multidisciplinary clinic, even though the massage might be really similar. Yes. And so the the the, the, the wiggly place in my brain was... Is it different only because of the setting or is it different in intention as well? And I, I think I fell on the side that it's not that different because it's all care. Like that was the bubble that like, that was the Venn diagram that my brain created. Um, and I don't object to the word recreational at all. Um, I was just thinking about like how I define what that word means for me. And during COVID, I would say that my marijuana use was less than recreational and much more of a intense coping mechanism because everything was going very, very wrong. Um, and once those things sort of abated, so did my use. Um, and now if I use it, it's kind of for inflammation. Like I don't do it a lot, but um, I do seem to have an inflammation issue and that does seem to help. So I don't know if I'd call that recreational either, but I've certainly used it for like, I have an evening and I'm not going to go anywhere and I'm going to watch a silly movie and that's, that's where we're going to go with it. So 
thinking of like that usage and then thinking of massage and like where are those lines and do there need to be lines I think is also a question um, that doesn't necessarily need to be answered but we have such a hard time defining what we do because what we do is so many things as massage therapists. I thought that was an interesting additional, what, what is it that we do question. And we are not the only profession that struggles with self-definition. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've been around long enough to watch these kinds of discussions over a number of years and, and a big factor in mm -hmm. what massage is, is where it's being provided. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would add, I want to, I want to fine tune a little bit about recreational versus call it clinical okay. things. Cause it's not just in the intention of the provider. Hopefully your provider wants a good outcome for you, no matter where you are. But I will say that the very worst massage I have ever gotten was at a very fancy spa. <laughs> and it was also the most expensive massage I've ever gotten. Um, and she was, I mean, I was a piece of meat on the table as far as she was concerned. She was not, let's put that aside. <laughs> but, you know, another aspect of that is what's the expectation of the, of the receiver. Mm -hmm. And so in a setting where we're working for mutual goals, even if those goals are things like, I'd like to sleep better, um, mm -hmm. setting where we're, where we're being a little more analytical and a little more in, uh, hmm, I'm using that word intentional again. I don't, to me, that feels different than a setting where, hi, my name's Ruth. Nice to meet you. Let's have a massage, you know, let's do a massage and then I will never see you again. Mm -hmm. Um, because the intention in that setting is I'm stressed. I want to treat. I told you yesterday that the very best massage I have ever gotten was at an airport and my an jaw airport. dropped. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it was awesome. The guy was great. He had wonderful hands and he, and he was a great listener. And I came out of that because I had a long wait until my flight. I came out of that and I had a great day. Um, Which is amazing for travel. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's partly the intention of the provider and it's a lot, and there's data on this too, of course, there's a, there's a lot to be said about the expectation of the receiver. Mm -hmm. And if in this med spa, which is an, you know, an interesting cross similar kind of crossover to the way we talk about our own work, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice. It's a pleasure. And it's also good for you. <laughs> um, in this medical spa, you know, that seems a similar kind of crossover between where I'm doing something, the infusion that's supposed to be good for me, but also it makes me feel great. And, oh, let's add massage. Awesome. Yeah, And I put some caveats in that as well. Um, thinking through the way the circulatory system works, there are some cautions about maybe not working on the arm that has the needle going into it. Mm -hmm. But other than that, once that stuff hits the arterial system, there's not very much we can do to alter where it goes or how fast it goes. That's sort of out of our reach. Um, and with a person in the kind of chair, at least that I'm envisioning, which would be some, something similar to a dentist chair, right? That leans back and mm -hmm. there's going to be limited access to various parts of the body anyway, but, you know, head, feet, hands, um, you know, neck, neck. Yeah. 
Sounds awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. And if you're, you know, not afraid of needles, then right. what's, what's to lose? I also think it's interesting, this sort of idea that we seem to have societally that healthcare needs to kind of suck in order for it to be useful or helpful or worth it or worth insurance paying for it. Or <laughs> like there's all these rules about healthcare means going to the dentist and nobody likes that. I mean, if you do, please write in and let me know. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I don't mind it, but yeah. Oof, oof, <laughs> um, healthcare, you know, means going to the doctor and possibly having a fight about any number <laughs> of things. Healthcare means injections which most people are not fans of or pills pills it means right and 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 then like and then we talked about even the the idea of taking a lot of vitamins that this infusion thing probably you know what's in the infusion bag better than you know what's in your vitamins because you can monitor the uptake because you're not dealing with first pass through the liver. And so, you know, how much of this stuff gets into your bloodstream is not going to be determined by factors that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And also there's yeah. a medical staff that's like, no, this is this is what's in that bag. Like, as opposed to just buying something from a company and hoping that they're telling the truth. Um, so that was also an interesting, like, actually more defined and more medical than the thing that you might do every day anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, I take, a, I take a multivitamin for old ladies. I have no idea what all is in it and what, and, and how much of it actually absorbs. It. Yeah. It just, it seems like a good idea. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and it doesn't seem to hurt you. Like, so right. we're not losing out. Um what else did we talk about? We talked about the cost and how that was a little uncomfortable, at least for me. So healthcare is expensive, too expensive. We've had lots of conversations about the ridiculousness of the price of healthcare. And sort of supporting the recreational argument is that somebody who can afford to do these infusions, right? They're definitely paying out of pocket. There's absolutely no way your insurance is going to fork over money for that. Um, and that gives me weird feelings because there's people who can't afford their health care, but I also <laughs> tend to think about wealth in terms of boats, um, which might be strange, but it's how I do it. And the idea that nobody really needs a boat, not really, um, unless you're that's your profession, right? So there's all these recreational boats, and it seems like a huge waste of money to me. Some people really love it, but also there's the people who make the boats who need to make a living. And that's an important part of our economy as well as people who make luxury or recreational things. So there is no need in our society for professional wrestling there. I would object to that hardly, (laughs) but I understand your point. My my point being it's a whole industry that is for fun. Sure. And And it, and, and it gives you joy. It does. And that's what boats do for lots and lots of people. That's true. And there's a whole community built around it. So people have that entire community and lifestyle that like revolves around those things. Um, So I'm always tempted to make a judgment. We'll say it's a judgment um, about those kinds of luxury items. And in the spirit of examining your biases, 
maybe I should not. Um, yeah, I think there's a difference between the intervention and the business model behind it. Oh, that's true. Right. And so, you know, I know that Healwell, when you guys do summits or classes or or events, there's an option for me to pay a little extra so that someone else can get in for a little less. Yes, we do right? equity pricing. Absolutely. Right. Um, and I think that's wonderful. And, you know, maybe this clinic does that. But that's their choice. That's their business model, which is mm -hmm. different from the value or the worthiness of the intervention. I mean, if that were true, Corey, if this, you know, if this med spa had a had some, some some sort of equity pricing or a nod in the direction of equity pricing, would that change your attitude at all about its about the thought of doing an infusion for shiny hair? So my brain was like. <laughs> Is it a one-to-one? -one? Does your shiny hair infusion give a shiny hair infusion to somebody else? And first of all, why why would that be necessary um, to be a one-to-one? -one? It's right. not, but... Right, there's that. Um, and maybe your shiny hair infusion gives someone else an immune support a, one. A B12 infusion, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it does. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I think it does. Uh, we talked to Marissa Allison about co-ops and this different idea of how we think about commerce and business and community and how those things mix together. And I think the idea of, an, I guess it's an equity pricing system for infusions, sort of fits into that co-op community helping model better, at least in my brain. And I feel more favorable towards that, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi, right, where do you, how do you feel about it? I am ambivalent. To me, this feels mm. like, like, like something that is, <clears throat> it's, it's a little extra. Mm -hmm. I don't object to a little extra. I also don't feel because the, the definition of extra is that it's not essential. Mm -hmm. Um, that it's, I think it would be a lovely gesture if there were equity pricing and I would contribute to that mm -hmm. depending on how much it was. Sure. Absolutely. So that I would like pay one forward like you do at the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. $6 is very different from 125 the, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the, the invisible pricing probably is. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but it's it's interesting that that you know that that tells us that we think of this as an indulgence, mm -hmm. and it, and massage therapists are always struggling this with this, right? Well, how do I charge what I'm worth, but also make my work accessible to people who can't afford it? <laughs> yep, to people who really really need it, yeah. who really really need it. Because I would say massage is not extra. It's I got into a little a lot of trouble over COVID when I said massage is not essential. Um, we right, in, right. We were in competition for PPE. Yeah. I kind of felt like emergency room staff needed masks more than massage therapists did. That was also my thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was it 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 riled up some people. Um. So I, you know, uh, we are not extra. We are important. Mm -hmm. 
and can make a huge difference. But I, but, uh, and, and so figuring out a way to do equity pricing for massage therapists, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me to make our work accessible. And in some ways, you know how that works as student clinics. If you live in a city with a, mm-hmm. with a school, the student clinics are always cheap. Yes. And, you know, and that's a great way to introduce people to the idea of massage. And it's a much more sustainable way to receive massage on an ongoing basis than, you know, having someone who's in professional practice. Mm-hmm. At my school, I think it also reduced the tuition. That's where all of the the money went. So it went essentially directly back to the students who were doing the work, which was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, well, we could do a whole other podcast on school clinics. I have very strong opinions about, about those and, you know, who they are, who they're for and, and uh, pricing models and things like that. But it's, it, it can be a good way to, make our work accessible to people who would otherwise not be not not be able to afford it or feel uncomfortable about like visiting someone in a private space because mm-hmm. because of all all of those feelings absolutely yeah so you know i don't know if such a thing exists for infusion centers uh there's a phlebotomy school here i mean i think you just get to poke each other though there's a lot of in class needling of your classmates you know that phlebotomy school could probably um that would be an interesting thing interesting thought yeah right under supervision medical staff on site a bit of a cash that could feed back to help the students to reduce tuition yeah but in any case, it was a very interesting experience yesterday to start out with a specific point of view like <laughs> I mean, really? And then to be like, I kind of want to try that specifically for me. I want to try, I would, I would be interested to try, I think in this menu, they called it the, the executive drip. Mm. They're, mm. they're drips is what they are, <laughs> but it's, it's for mental focus. And I so often feel fuzzy. Mm-hmm. For various reasons that I try to control in a number of ways and I haven't been successful. And to me, this seems like one more option I would be willing to try. I, if you do try it, please let me know and we'll turn on the little recorder again and see how focused you actually <laughs> I are. Don't, I don't think that's going to happen in Walport. I just don't <laughs> see it. <laughs> I don't think there's one around here either. Although maybe in Detroit, I wonder. Um, we have four, we have four uh, marijuana stores. But I don't I, think we're going to get an infusion center. I have lost count of the number of marijuana stores around here. But <laughs> uh, yeah, much more accessible than the IV option, for sure. Um, well, yeah. Well, thank you, Ruth, uh, for joining me twice this week and having conversation. Appreciate I enjoy it. spending time with you. And I encourage anyone to come and join us on Wednesdays. It's really nice. And it's quiet. And... I now I get on my little stationary bike during the dance break, and sometimes that's the only time I get on all week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I uh, I do groove behind my computer camera. Um, Ruthie, we're hula hooping for a while. Um, yes, yep. but then my dog kept attacking the hula hoops. So. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> um, yeah, the bike seems to be a good one. Yesterday's was a shake your groove thing. 
we do take requests for dance dance party time. So come on in and join us for some deep thoughts and really sometimes boring work on everybody's part. But but we, when you all do it together, then it's supportive and you it's not have so bad. It's really it's good. Yeah. And thank you for, and it was really fun yesterday to go through that process of changing my mind. I don't, you know, Frank, <laughs> been around for a little while. My opinions are mostly <laughs> pretty deep seated and it was fun to uh, examine my uh, friction points and go, is that really that different from things that I already do? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.